Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Let the dogs out. What? Do what? Let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program with the one, the only, Amanda LaFrada. I am Dave Hooker. Please go ahead and click on that subscribe button, the like button as well. That helps us show up on your feed more often to be a part of your day. We're with you each and every day at 830 with you for the next 90 minutes and loaded for bear. A big show today. John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel will join us because he is just so excited about message board bingo that he can't even see straight. He wants to participate. Nobody loves making fun of fans more than maybe John Adams. If if there is one person, it's Amanda. So it will be a fantastic uh, part of the program later on. John Adams will join us. We look forward to that. Amanda LaFrada, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? I'm well. Uh, let's uh, go to uh, Caleb Calhoun with uh, Off the Sports, and we're going to talk some Tennessee football. Caleb has been subscribed this week, and we certainly appreciate that, Caleb. I hope you're having a fantastic morning. Things going pretty well here. How about you guys? Oh, uh, we're just rocking and rolling. I mean, I'm not as well off as <clears throat> Nick Saban and and his contract. I I heard that he had a stipulation in his contract where if he made Anywhere less than top five coaches in the nation, Amanda, that he would actually be able to renegotiate his contract if they didn't automatically up it. So it's like an automatic raise if he's not the top five coaches paid top five coaches in the nation, which he should be. But then yeah. the worst thing that would be ha- that could possibly happen is some bookkeeper dude in the athletic department forgets to adjust the contract. And Nick Saban 
says, um, I got to renegotiate because I'm sorry. He could sit down at a renegotiating table and make $20 million a year. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that will ever happen. Like, I don't think that someone's going to forget to, to do something with his contract. I think that's first and foremost, if you're going to do something and it's going to be handled by somebody other than a, a little bookkeeper. Right. But I have seen it happen in our world. I've, I've seen people slip up and not re up a contract and they bolted for another radio station. And they knew that their contract was coming up and they wanted to leave. So they just didn't say anything. So, I mean, I have seen that, but anyway, college football is probably a lot better run than corporate radio, especially. At, yeah. Especially at Alabama. All right. The down and dirty at 30 today is brought to you by our friends at honey bee coffee, the top 5% of the beans in the world. Amanda's probably having a cup as we speak. Amanda, what can you tell us about honey bee coffee? It's the bee, not the bucks. Um, it's great. It's top 5% of beans in the world. Like you said, um, I get up every morning and while well, David's not here, he is in Daytona. So I had to grind it myself this morning, that is but I did so. Yeah. It's okay. Look, it's difficult. Okay. Difficult. I don't know how to do it. Caleb is grinding coffee difficult to do. I only grind coffee when I make it like I grind it right before I make it. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, it's, uh, I went when whenever I go to any coffee shop, I ask for whole beans all the time. We, I have a coffee grinder, so it's pretty easy. Right. We're going to hook you up with some honeybee coffee. How about that? Sounds perfect. All right, good. So we've, uh, quick notes I wanted to get to before I want to get to Caleb's coverage of Tennessee throughout the week. Arch Manning, I wrote a column about this is supposedly worth like $3.3 million, whereas Nico Iamuleva is only worth about a million dollars. Well, it flies in the face of the reporting that's been done. And I have no idea how in the, you know what, you're supposed to come up with NIL valuations. It, I, it literally, I texted Amanda during it. I had to pull over on the side of the interstate uh, on an exit and write about it because I thought it was so goofy. Um, these guys aren't worth anything unless they're good. That's the way... That's the way a business works, right? Unfortunately, not at the moment. I mean, we can see that in the housing market, you know, across Tennessee. Like, you're you're worth what someone will pay for you. Same with a house. I have people I know have sold their houses. People have paid cash in hand without going through a walkthrough and inspection or anything. Sure. So you're worth what people will pay for you. So if someone's willing to pay, you know, $800,000 without inspecting a home, then it's the same rules apply for a, for a guy. Agreed. But my point is dudes. That is covered, it stupid? Yes. Yes. Dudes that covered recruiting probably are not the best to give you a valuation of a particular asset. I might go to a business owner for that. Just me. Uh, what do I know? Uh, Kirk Street, uh, Kirk Herb Street on Alabama. Um, he was on the call last night. And we've got football, which is the most exciting part. When looking at the uh, SEC race, Reese Davis asked Herb Street if Alabama is the preseason favorite to uh, win the SEC. He says, yeah. Uh, that was a pretty easy answer. I, I, it's, I mean, you've got a generational talent, uh, a defensive end. 
you're good everywhere. You would have to think the offensive line would be better for Alabama because they were bad last year. They really only ran the ball against Cincinnati. They gave up way too many sacks. I think 120th in the nation. Plus you had Bryce Young get them out of a lot of situations. So if they address that and they're going to be really, 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 really good. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if we're having the conversation at the end of the year. This is one of Nick Saban's best teams, and that's that's saying something. Doug Marone, it's so funny how coaching works. Doug Marone was an offensive line coach at Tennessee, and he was an offensive line coach last year at Alabama. He's been a head coach in the NFL. So wouldn't you think everybody would love him and have great great success? That didn't that didn't really work out that way. Not always. No, but I could see Marone, who has run a program not jiving with the in-your-face that you have to be that type of person, that in-your-face coaching that Nick Saban provides. I could see that not working just from my one year of covering Doug Marone. And then with the Carnell Tate issue that appears to be creeping back up there, of course, he was the receiver that committed to Ohio State. But Tennessee fans were really excited about him. Some of these guys go viral, take off. People get excited. He was one of them. Um, some chatter around him, according to VolQuest. But we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, Ohio State has an awful lot to offer. I would rather play in the SEC on a personal level. But uh, we'll see what he ends up doing, a five-star wide receiver. All right, so let's get to Caleb Calhoun. A great piece on Jimmy Holiday. I want to kind of recap the week on OffTheHookSports.com. But here's Jimmy Holiday. A guy that, you know, we've been hashtagging brew McC- free Brew McCoy all week. And here's a dude that's on campus that didn't sue his pr- previous university, that hasn't transferred 15,000 times. That seems like a pretty good option, a receiver. Caleb, tell me about Jimmy Holiday, who you wrote about on offthehooksports.com yesterday. Yeah, um, Jimmy and uh, Br- Holiday and Brew McCoy wouldn't be in um, competition for uh, starting spots um, just because, uh, but holiday would be there competing in the slot. He committed in 2020 um, as a speedy dual threat quarterback and under Jeremy Pruitt made the decision to uh, switch over to wide receiver, which is, it's really ironic. He did it because of how deep the Vols were at quarterback. Then every quarterback from that roster is gone now. Um, So (laughs) they, they all transferred. Well, including some highly rated guys. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Bailey was a five star. At that on that particular day where he moved from quarterback to receiver, you would look at Tennessee's quarterback room and say, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And that that's very true. Um, and so he switched over to receiver. I still maintain it was a good move because, you know, when Josh Heupel came in, I, I just don't see how he would have beaten out. You know, Heupel clearly preferred Joe Milton last year because Milton was the first quarterback that he signed. But even that Hooker would have been the second string quarterback. And there's no way when Hooker came in, Holiday would have been able to compete with him for any kind of playing time. So I think it was a smart move. Um, I'm not so sure how much of an impact he's going to have in the slot this year because you still got Jalen Hyatt, who, you know, if, if he doesn't show up this year, then something's wrong because there was a lot of hype behind Hyatt last year and he was okay, but had about 200 yards receiving. And there is even more this year. Um, and then behind Jalen Hyatt, there's Jimmy Calloway. Walker Merrill can sometimes move into the slot. But Holiday is just kind of one of those special, really athletic, speedy guys 
that I think his best impact is going to be in the return game. He was the backup returner to Vilas Jones last year. It was actually pretty good on return. So he's a guy I would say watch out for in a few plays in the slide. And then, you know, he could definitely break two or three long ones. I mean, he clocked in a sub 4440 before coming to campus. So we know he's got speed. I've, I've never been able to do that, Caleb. Yeah, I haven't either. I remember. I tried a couple of times <laughs> and, with a Shocking. car. Yeah, with a car. And I and I'm, I did make it, but <laughs> not on foot. All right, going back to uh, the rest of the week, I know it was Tim Banks, defensive coordinator for Tennessee, visited with the media. I'm, I'm going to make Amanda smile or she's going to look at me like I'm an idiot. Um, I Based off what he said, and we'll get your take, I think Tennessee is going to be much better in the secondary, almost by default. They were horrible. I think their pass rushers are good. I still wonder about the War Daddy defensive tackles in the middle. Amanda hates that term. But though I don't think they have that yet. I don't think they have the 315, 20-pound guy, maybe even 330 with great feet. I don't think they have that yet. Do you, do you see that? Is that a deficiency? You know, it's it, it's hard to say because yeah, I, I would I would say like Elijah Simmons and John Terry, they I wouldn't say they fall into that category, but you don't really know with uh, Latrell Bumpus, who we wrote about earlier in the week because he was an edge rusher, um, and Karat Garland has been in the system for a while, and those are the two that I would really bank on. And you know, Amari Thomas really came on last year. Now Amari Thomas is more about power than anything else, so I would kind of agree that 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 could be an issue but it's really hard to tell i kind of am taking the other approach i might be a little more concerned about the secretary the secondary listen to me uh the secondary than anybody's letting on because they're very tim banks is very and trayvon flowers in interviews were very cagey about who's going to start at cornerback and i noticed that too you wrote about that and i noticed that and yeah and people forget this but Yes, the secondary was horrible last year, but a lot of that is skewed because they actually weren't – they were just slightly below average for the year in yards allowed per pass. It was more just – look, they, they often score so much, the defense is going to – there's going to be a lot more possessions when you're giving up a lot of plays. And um, I think where it really got skewed was the Music City Bowl. Elante Taylor opted out, which he should have. I would encourage any athlete going pro to do that, I'm going to be honest. Um and he and Warren Burl stepped in to the top cornerback spot. And Burl was solid all year. But then when he moved into that role, I mean, he was just that, that was just horrendous against Purdue. And so I think there's an issue that I don't think they know who's going to be able to guard the, another team's number one receiver yet. I don't think they have an answer there. No, I don't I, I don't either. I I think a lot of fans thought it would be uh, Andre Turrentine. He would just show up. People don't realize he only played in like four games at Ohio State. I mean, he was far from a proven product when he came to Tennessee. So, no, uh, only three of those was on the on special teams. So yeah, don't forget about that. So it's not like he played four games in the secondary. He played three in on special teams, and the fourth one he was in the secondary in a blowout. So it's. I feel like there are about five guys on this roster that have become almost mythical in what they're going to do this year. For some reason, I, people ask me about Turrentine all the time. Uh, who are the – well, Brew McCoy, obviously, is the guy that everybody wants to follow. But um, Squirrel, White, 
who I am hearing, you know, that his strength is his versatility, but his weakness may be his versatility because you'd love to teach him how to play all these different positions and do different things like jet sweeps and stuff like that. But are you throwing too much on him as a true freshman? So that's kind of the give and take. So I, I, I'm hearing they'll have more of a package for him, but gosh, I, I love the potential he brings. Uh, all right, let's do today's tough question. Let's see where Amanda goes on this. We'll get Caleb's thoughts on that. It is today's tough question. It's brought to you today by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Cityheatandair.com. Cityheatandair.com. In business for 50 years. Over 50 years. What does that mean? It means they care about their reputation. I know some other HVAC companies have just come into Knoxville. They don't. So I think that you uh, need to uh, call City Heating and Air Conditioning if you want to get your service taken care of. Joe texted me, uh, it's the day of 320 to 340 pound defensive linemen still here uh, asking that question. I don't think having Mount Cody is still realistic. I think it depends on what you ran. If you ran a 3-4 and you got the guy playing on the nose, but I'd rather have a not to get too technical, I'd rather have a three technique that can play on the nose, shoulder, and the gap. Um, personally, um, I think those well, are the- I want to jump in that I think Elijah Simmons is 340 pounds. He is. And that may be a problem because <laughs> he's struggled with his weight. Maybe he's the, maybe the days of Elijah Simmons being 340 pounds need to be over. Um, yes. <laughs> because from talking to some guys in that program, he – he is one of the most ath- raw athletes on the entire team, and yet one of the strongest, too. Yet he's struggling with, with the weight. Today's tough question brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Caleb, if you have any suggestions as to today's tough question, don't give it to Amanda. She gets really sensitive about that. Don't give it to Amanda. <laughs> it's fine. You can give me a. It's just Dave. Dave likes to take it, and he'll ask you to do today's tough question, and then on the spot, he'll be like, I think we should do this, and that's where the problem lies. Fair enough. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, so what do we got today? Today's tough question, a lot of different ways to go. Here's where I would go. This is me personally. Do you see, Caleb? This is is personally where I would go because uh, I had a meeting – at Top Golf in Knoxville, which, by the way, is just bizarro cool, even if you don't like golf. But I, I had a meeting up there this week, and and I, I looked up on the screen, and I saw there Nick Saban and Deion Sanders talking. So we talk about the replacement for Nick Saban. Should it be Deion Sanders, yay or nay? It's a terrible, it's a terrible tough question. But wouldn't that be, I mean, Kayla, Kayla, wouldn't that be the best story ever? I mean, I may quit everything and go cover Alabama for free if Deion Sanders. I mean, it would be, uh, that would be so much fun to watch, honestly. Um, But, you know, I mean, 
I kind of have a soft spot because I do love what Deion Sanders is doing at Jackson State as a college historian. I know the history sure. of H- HBCU success um, largely before the SEC integrated um, in the 70s. Um, and, you know, being from Memphis, um, the Southern Heritage Classic is a big deal, although that may not be happening after this year. Um, but uh, so I, I just I, I got to be honest, I, I, it would be the most fun thing to watch. I agree. It would be hilarious. And but but yeah, a, a part of me would feel like something is lost given what he's successfully doing right now at Jackson I, State. Agreed. Um, I just think that would draw Amanda's ire. So what is today's tough? I'm question? sure Tennessee fans would love it. I mean, they would love to give their input on Alabama's next head coach being Deion Sanders. I'm sure that they that's just what they live for every day. Just You could yeah. do it now and be a CEO type. Like, it worked for Dabo Sweeney. I think Dabo – Go ahead. I think Dabo – I've always had a theory Dabo got a little lucky where he brought in Chad Morris and instituted the spread when the ACC was still – the whole conference was so outdated with his offensive schemes in 2010, 2011. And I think that really built Clemson. And so totally agree. Um, All right. So Amanda, what is today's tough question? Good morning to you, Michael. So either I was going to go today's tough question, either who do you think will be most like what first year Tennessee player do you think will be most successful this season? Love it. Love it. Brie McCoy, if he even plays, then I was actually maybe headed on the Brew McCoy train. I mean, we we're we we're talking it to death, but is, I mean, is he going to be eligible? Do you think he'll be eligible? I do think we've talked that a little bit to death. And by the way, a great piece by Amanda on offthehooksports.com. I, it's your call. I would probably lean towards, you know, we could always save top incoming for next week, an actual game week. It, your call. Your call. I don't think it's top incoming. It's more of who do you think will be successful this in 2022? So like, like you could be the top incomer, but not play. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So, okay. So restate the question. Let me make sure I'm on this on on the correct page. here. So it would, it would be what first year player at Tennessee doesn't have to be a freshman transfer. It could be either one. Do you think will be most successful or have a, the most successful season in 2022. Okay, so we're going to have to pick four to call that down. What are the four yeah. going to be? I was going to do Squirrel White <clears throat> and probably on... – What was squirrel. that? Squirrel. Oh, my gosh. It sounded like a dog barking. Squirrel. Calm down, Georgia fan. All right, Squirrel White, Andre Tarantine, um, Brew McCoy, and maybe Walker, Wesley Walker. Is that his name? Wesley. Yes, Wesley Walker. Um, uh, anybody else you would add to that group, Caleb? Um, I was going to go in a bit of a different direction, funny enough. So in the spring, my money would have been on Tyra West at the defensive line, but I just haven't seen anything, heard anything from him in fall camp yet. Um, but, yeah, I was going the freshman route. I'm looking at the two running backs, Justin Williams-Thomas and Dylan Sampson. Um, I think the injury to, the, to Lynette Whitehead, um, the desire for them to go three deep at running back and Lynn J. Dixon leaving the program within 18 days. And Jalen Wright was kind of banged up in this in the fall, so my money probably would be on Dylan Sampson because they need an all-purpose back. Um, so, And if they don't have one, then I've said, you brought up Doug Marone earlier, watch out because 
that Travis Stevens 2001 um, single season rushing record, which was when Doug Marone was offensive line head coach that year, could That's be right. in danger. Good memory there. Um, <clears throat> I was there and I didn't even remember that myself. Um, <clears throat> okay, so so let's get Dylan Sampson on there in some shape, form, or fashion if, if we can, Amanda. So that what for what okay. throw of balls would that leave us with? So I guess we'll do Squirrel White, Dylan Sampson, Brew McCoy, and Andre Tarantine. Everybody good with that? I don't think he's going to start. Andre Tarantine? Yeah, weren't they working him out at safety a little more in the fall? Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I'm not. I'm not as from what I'm hearing. I don't think they're as sold on that kid as they were him coming into camp. How about we? Um, the obvious ones would be Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker. Let's don't go that route. That'd be too easy. What about not, they're not first year. Oh, first year players. Okay, I thought you said big jump. Okay, so who's who else is a? Let's get Samson in there, and then. Hmm. Okay. That I got in. How about this, Caleb? What do you think about this, Amanda? You, Andre Turrentine under one selection or Wesley Walker? Hmm. I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm 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 not as high. I mean, I, I, it does sound like they're higher. On, I'm not high on either. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it sounds like they're higher on Wesley Walker than Turrentine. But again, they moved both of them to safety this year. And Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough have those spots locked up. Um, so I could see them, you know, having a bigger impact in a couple of years, but I just don't see either of them making an impact in the secondary this year. Give us a fourth. So we got Samson. Caleb, you give me a fourth on here. Okay. So we got Samson, Brew McCoy, Squirrel mm-hmm. White. Squirrel mm-hmm. which- very high. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going a huge wild card here, guys. Huge wild card, but just bear with Go me. Go for it. Um, another freshman, Addison Nichols. Now, hear me out on this. Oh. Um, last year, when Cooper Mays was banged up at center, it was a disaster. I like Jerome Carvin at guard. He's He's got a lot of problems handling the center spot. They never found a backup center. They ran Addison Nichols a lot at center in spring. And I think there's a really – underrated chance that if Cooper Mays gets a little banged up again, which he was last year, Addison Nichols could end up seeing more action than we think. Caleb, I love it. He's not going to get a lot of votes because he's on the offensive line. (laughs) Don't let that dissuade you. At the end of the day, when you look at today's tough question on our Twitter feed, don't say, oh, man, I came up with a bad one. Because you're going to get about 10% of the vote, but that may be the best one of the group. So uh, great stuff, Caleb. We look forward to your work. Again, welcome uh, to the team. It's been we've just been flying by the seat of our pants this week in particular, and I haven't had a an opportunity to welcome you to the team. And um, welcome, yes, thank you guys. Yes. great to be uh, here. Amanda's the boss; she runs everything. I'm kind of the window dressing. So if you're and my wife, <laughs> yes, he's the one. He's the good looking one of the bunch. So that's why we do the the podcast form now with the video instead of just audio so you can see dave yes. oh oh i see that i can tell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, who was a who was a soccer player that i was referred to i never can remember her name megan rapino megan rapino i was told i look like megan rapino at sec media days by various yes, people yes. on twitter that was kind of wow. do i look like megan rapino at all to you caleb you know i 
I, I can't really see that, honestly. Caleb, Caleb's he's breaking up, so you know he can't. He doesn't know <laughs> what you just what asked him, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> All right, Caleb. <clears throat> we'll let you out of here, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll visit with Caleb a couple times a week. Gives you heard the insight, great insight on the balls. So we appreciate that. So, Caleb, ball tomorrow. This is exciting. We're actually playing the football tomorrow. So. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll talk to you next week and welcome to the team. All right. Sounds good. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend guys. And you can also follow Caleb, Calhoun, by the way, on, on fan sided. He is, uh, he is a go-getter and a, a hustler and we love that about him. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. See you guys later. Sorry. Oh, I cut him off early. I didn't mean to do that. Wow. Way to go. Welcome I didn't mean to, to do that. That was it. <laughs> welcome to the team. Cut you off. Welcome to the team. Deuces. <laughs> oh, that is that's the motley crew thing if i do the four finger and the pinky right deuces is the you just do the four finger and the the other thing the middle finger you have to explain it then you shouldn't do it well some people are listening in audio so you have to in audio form so you have to keep that and by all the you way, have to say is deuces yeah i i hear this bleeping rumor that our app is going to be done. I will let you know when it is. It better Thank be. You. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It's going to have Amanda's picture right on the front. So that way, every day when you when you open your phone, you will see Amanda's picture. That's that's our new logo. Is that it? So every day when someone opens their phone, it'll just be a girl just scornfully staring at them from their Scornfully? Phone? Yeah, just like an angry looking female. I mean, I don't feel like most people have a wife. So they can they can have that at home. They don't need that on their phone screen. Yeah, it's the, uh, instead of like the uh, WKOX app, it's the WIFE app. Your wife is angry at you, but likes to talk about football. There's something I mean, there. Yeah, but there's, I feel like I should start my own show and just have like, wives on and like here this is let's learn you some football here you go you want to talk to your man i got you girl let's learn you some football let's think about that all right owl's nest barbecue because you don't have enough going on already right i don't i I don't have multiple jobs right owl's nest barbecue is wow just your home for everything that you could possibly imagine when it comes to barbecue i'm talking about the wood pellets i'm talking about the wood chips i'm talking about everything that you could possibly need the smoking pellets that have the wood filler in it as i was referring to earlier they also have the sauces and the rubs they're absolutely unbelievable so you are going to love owl's nest barbecue a lot of fun okay so coming up why Deion Sanders would be the perfect fit to replace Nick Saban. I'm joking. But coming up, we will take a look at the uh, SEC power rankings heading into week zero. Where do the Vols rank? Back in two minutes, Big Orange Phillies. Tell us about it, Mr. Vols. Vials here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. 
billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. We encourage you to hit that like button. If you can go ahead and use that thumbs, bam, hit like. And also, we encourage you to subscribe. And go ahead and click the subscribe like, button. And for some reason, a man video just dropped off in, into like the waiting room. I I didn't click anything. I have no idea why that happened. <laughs> but Amanda's back. So if you're watching on video, you're like, oh, where did Amanda go? She's the reason I watched. Oh, I know why. I switched from Wi-Fi to hardwired. Oh, okay. Well, you look great. Yeah. You look Thanks. great. It, Thank I, you, Dave. Yes. It must have been the change in quality. Was that what it is? Or the better camera brings out your your beauty. Is that a nice way to say it? It's pretty good. Okay. Thank you. Um, no, it's just the hardwired internet versus the Wi-Fi, so... Big orange. I, I was on Wi-Fi and dropped that off. So there we are. Big Orange Phillies has the fantastic food that you need to know about there in North Knoxville. Get out there. We had the wings over the weekend, and it was awesome at Big Orange Phillies. Casual shouldn't mean stale. Great taste, the name of the game. That's Big Orange Phillies. They've got darts, billiards, live entertainment, and karaoke. Again, I remind you. That big orange Phillies is family friendly, and there were a lot of kids there, and we had a really, really good time. So, there was a lot of kids there, like a lot. It was cool. It was, yeah, I got to bump into some old friends, including Jabari Davis. Um, Jabari Davis was uh, a guy who's still very influential in the community and does a great job and was a pretty darn good running back for uh, Tennessee that was one of the big recruiting gets I remember Tennessee getting Jabari Davis because Georgia really wanted him and it was the J train coming we did like an extended show this is way back in goodness knows when but we like extended the show because the J train was coming to Knoxville 
in retrospect, that was probably a little bit of an overreaction. Just a little bit. He's just good. Whenever you can, like, like I don't know, best a rival, I think you you can go all out. Fair enough. Ha 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 ha! Dangling your you know teammate. Yes. You should have had. <laughs> Sorry. <keep going. laughs> uh, Joe saying I need Coach Lance and his interaction with Danny White. He was on the Twitter uh, with Danny White. Uh, we don't know if Coach Lance is stalking Danny White or not, but it's a possibility. Uh, Tennessee's athletic. I don't think that's rude. Well, playfully stalking. How do you playfully stalk? Oh, I don't know. Give gifts when you creep them out. I don't know. But Danny yeah. White, I still go back to uh, Danny White, if not for the broken wrist, would have been one of the top four or five Cowboys quarterbacks of all time. No, not the same guy. That's another Danny White. JL say, need a cartoon image of Dave yelling in a mic while hanging on a large hook as the app image. Well, that's better than me just hanging. Well, I, this is getting a little scary there for a minute. I know. I, I was like, I didn't know where you were going with that. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Really? I think uh I think like, I think JL's ready for off the LaFrada and just be done with Dave altogether. No, he's going on the hook. Like uh, off the hook, Dave. I know. I know. Why don't we just get Megan Rapino to, to take your place up there? What if, like, for a week we replaced it with Megan? The the logo on everybody's phone says Megan Rapino. It's just got her. I'd quit. Well, and nobody would ever click on it in our area of the country for sure. But for sure, I would quit. I'm not associated with Megan Rapino in any kind of way. No, thank you. Other than some 50 year old dude who kind of looks like her, there is no association. But we can't do a lot. Exactly. All right, we want to remind you to like and subscribe to this video. Click on that like button, hit subscribe, and we'll be a part of your day. We broadcast live each and every weekday at 8.30. Saturday, Saturday down south with their power rankings entering week one. Vanderbilt in action this week. Number one is no great surprise at Alabama. Number one. Number two, Georgia. No great surprise. I think that's the just about the easiest pick, Alabama to win the West and Georgia to win the East, that has ever been. Barring a catastrophic series of injuries, both of those teams will be in Atlanta. Uh, sorry. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, you, it, it's you against the world, but you've been right before, so... I'll roll it's with Roman Harper and me against the world. Okay, it is Roman Harper. Roman Harper, the former yeah. safety at Alabama, absolutely loves Amanda and loves uh, Tennessee. Says they're going to win ten games this year. And no, but that's the first time I've ever seen my husband be jealous at all. The first time when uh. Roman Harper said, "Hey, Amanda," and I was like, "Hey," and I looked back, and David's just going. I was like, yeah. You just said hi, David. Calm down. Calm down. You just said hi. I think it'll be fine. I, I we, we can yeah. find it. Also, the fact that he followed you on the, all social media platforms is a little weird. So, uh, who do you think is number? Who do you think is number? Who do you think is number three 
on the Saturday Down South Power Rankings. Number three. Saturday Down South Power Rankings, number three. Mm, LSU? It is not. LSU is number eight, which is a little really? too, far, too far down the list, in my opinion. Is it Kentucky or Arkansas? Arkansas is number seven. Okay, where's Kentucky? Kentucky is number five. So in power rankings, they're saying that you have Alabama, Georgia, and then it's it's a guess, and then you got two. You got so the two people schools, in the. You got two schools that you haven't mentioned that are three and four. Right. So the people in the top twenty-five that have come out and you have what like Arkansas in there and Kentucky and they're not three or four. Uh, Todd, which is weird, which, which does lead to the jumping off point of this conversation. I want to get your take on, and that is Tennessee is number three on their power rankings. Yeah. They're not ranked in the top 25. So make it make sense. Dave. I don't disagree with the power rankings. I just disagree with the the whole preseason rankings. But you know my stance. I don't need to go on a rant about how they make no sense and it's stupid and everyone should stop doing it until they actually see someone play. But, yeah, that makes – let's preseason not rank them in the top 25. But then let's say they're third in the SEC in power rankings. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I didn't write it. Uh <laughs> I know. I'm so I'm saying though, make it make sense. So Texas A and M's number four. I think I think Tennessee. I think you could make an argument that Tennessee is number three. I do. I believe that you could do that, and I could sit there and have a debate with someone, and at least have the audience walking away thinking, "Well, they might be the number three team in the SEC." But it's very difficult for me to put Tennessee above A&M. Kentucky's a coin flip. Uh, I think they both, when they face each other, they have style problems. So, I mean, that game could be a one-point victory by either team. That game could be a two-touchdown victory by either team. I don't know. But Ole Miss in at six. This, to me, is a total gamble. There are so many transfers in Oxford. I don't know. I mean, Ole Miss could win six or ten this year. I wouldn't be not sorry. winning ten. They're not winning ten. What's the over? I'm, I'm down. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm calm. I'm pull up the over under if you can. I'm curious what okay. Ole Miss. But I'd I'd say it's seven and a half if I remember correctly. But they could. I mean, that group of players could come together, be that talented, and have a great season push the 10 win mark but they also could just hate each other because they just met each other and not get along at all well if that happens you have to look at the coaching and that's that's where i get with the Ole Miss all the transfers coming in you have to have a stable solid coach that's going to be able to handle all of those different personalities and mesh them together in a short amount of time i don't see that from lane kiffin i just don't that's well, why I, I would not. Well, I don't need to, up there. And, and you lead me to that point. And I want to go back to his one signing class at uh, Tennessee that he actually presided over. 
And there were several players that got in trouble with the law. I think there were there were definitely more felons in that signing class than there were all SEC players. Um, one was uh, accused and I believe convicted of murder, and that's frowned upon. So, um, uh, Jansen Jackson, the safety from Louisiana, California. Yeah, so th- things did not it's go well. seven and a half. It's seven and a half. So, we, yeah, uh, would you take the over or under on that? It's pretty mm, good. That's, that's a tough line. Yeah, I don't see how you, though, and in, in back to my point of them being ranked in the top 25 in Tennessee, not being ranked in the top 25, and you have an over under for almost at seven and a half, and Tennessee at eight and a half, and most. In most places, it's eight and a half now. So I don't, I don't understand. Oh, Tennessee is eight and a half at most places. Yeah, they've jumped to like eight and a half. Wow! So people move the number. That's the better number. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Arkansas in at number seven. LSU uh, in at number eight. South Carolina number nine. Mississippi State at ten. Florida at eleven seems low to me. Auburn at twelve seems high to me. But I did talk to somebody recently who thought that Auburn might have a surprising season, that Brian Harson might pull it together. When I say pull it together, he's not going to win a championship, but might have a respectable season. I- I'm not buying it until I see it. Mizzou in at 13. They shouldn't even be in the SEC. I joke. That bothers them at it, too. And then Vanderbilt. Stupid. So out of that – you're stupid. So out of that group – do you um out of that group, who's too high, too low? Um, I would think out of that group, Ole Miss is too high. Agreed. Um, I would say, well, I think Auburn's too high, but that's just because it's Auburn. And the no, the total, the over under is seven and a half on most places. It's eight and a half somewhere, and I can't remember where it was because I did all that research. And it was, I think maybe Bet MGM or something was eight and a half. Anyway, I think you wrote seven, um, for, or did you? You included all of them, right? No, I included all of them. Right. So I think that almost is too high. Auburn's too high. Florida might be a little too low, but I don't think not that much too low it depends on how napier does with what he has there uh let me think bandy's bandy mizzou i think is a little too low honestly okay you like mizzou and a&m's too high and a&m's too high okay well that's the ranking spot saturday down south so let's do this let's and I, I, this just popped into my mind, so I'm I'm catching a little sideways here. But if you did the top five power ranking, I don't need to go all the way through the SEC, but I'll, I'll give you mine first to let you think about it. I would go uh, Alabama, Georgia. Um, that's one, two, and then I would go Texas A&M three, but I don't feel good about it. I don't. I, don't, I feel. I feel naughty. And then I would say after that, it would be dirty. It would be Tennessee at the fourth spot and followed by Kentucky at five. That would be my top five. How about you? All right. I'll take, I'll take that. I'd go Alabama. 
I would go. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock the world here. Shock so the- Alabama. I'm shocking. I'll go Alabama. I'd go Tennessee second. Wow. Over Georgia. I just Georgia just does not. They're they're rebuilding an entire defense, and I just don't see that going well for them. I think they drop a couple of games. I don't I don't think they make it in the SECs. Now that's my very probably very cold take, but that's just my feeling on on the just based on like history will tell you that having a whole new like starting lineup on one side of the ball unless you're Alabama doesn't necessarily work. Like it, it's it's very rough. I think we find out fairly early this year, Amanda, if Georgia has become the next Alabama or not. Because if they roll out there and they win 11 games, they make it to the SEC championship game, you're going to like, okay, they're they're close, really close, if not at Alabama's level, just in terms of being able to restock talent. If they do lose a couple of games, and I think you said that you, you think Tennessee upsets them, which would be a monstrous upset for the Vols. Um, if, if that is the case, then you look at them as having a heck of a season. Then, if I'm Georgia fan, I'm kind of wondering. Because in 1981, they was it or 1980, uh, they won a national championship with a guy named Herschel Walker and Buck Blue, who handed the ball to Herschel Walker. That was his main job and a really good defense. And so you're thinking Herschel's going to win another one in his next year before going to the USFL. He did not. And they, they had a lot of returners. They should have won it. Um, I believe lost the bowl game. Uh, it's a little bit before my time. And then they didn't win another one until 2021. Yeah. That was... That was 40 years. I mean, it's that- harder to repeat than people think. I mean, and I know it looks pretty easy considering what Saban's done at Alabama, but that is very, very, very rare. It's very that – is, that is never going to happen again. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen again. So it's – I don't see Georgia being as good as they were last year. And – Why I say that Tennessee would be second in my book is because I look at it and I kind of break it down, just not even a thorough breakdown. It's just a off the top of, you know, my head. And I see who would I rather have Hendon Hooker or Stetson Bennett? I'd rather have Hendon Hooker. I'd rather have Hendon Hooker, his arm, you know, his, uh, ability to run his you know he's dynamic in the in the pocket and I would rather have him back there than I and the offensive line that's going to be in front of him than I would Stetson Bennett at Georgia and so when I look at the defenses I feel like Tennessee's offense can carve up Georgia's fairly new defense they're new and as in working together on the field fairly new defense, then I think that Stetson Bennett could carve up anybody's any, anybody else's defense. So I'm going to finish my list. Oh, okay. Thought... Alabama. Oh, go ahead. All right. Alabama, one. Tennessee, number two. I would say, honestly, LSU's number three. Just 
just because the talent out there is just insane. Texas A&M, I don't feel is that great, honestly. I, I just don't. I don't trust Jimbo as the head coach. I think he's a poser. I just, I just don't like him, honestly. Then I would say rubs me Georgia's the wrong. number four. He what? He rubs me the wrong way too for some reason. I'm really not sure why. Uh-uh. He's just a snake in the grass. I just he reminds me of Urban Meyer, and I just don't like him at all. Well, anyway, I really did. Well, they both. Uh, it's a great comparison. They both left the, the NS, NSCC or oh, I should say Southeast program in shambles. Florida State. I mean, he didn't even recruit the last year there. He knew he was leaving. He knew he was going to Texas A and M, and he didn't want to be in the ACC any longer. He wanted to be in the SEC. Texas A and M had a ton of money, so he just mailed it in and recruiting and it showed and yeah he left him high and dry and i just i can't stand jimbo fisher i I just can't stand him and it has nothing to do with him beating alabama or anything like that i don't care about that who cares about that it's a game it's just him as a person he just seems like a shady 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 like snake in the grass like used car salesman kind of guy honestly all right well not a great day to send in our request for Jimbo Fisher at 2023 okay. SEC Media Day. <laughs> you want my number five team? Or are we going to skip that? Yes. What's your number five team? Um, let me see. Who did I say? Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Georgia's four, and then five, Kentucky. Okay. I could roll with that. Do we, I mean, outside, okay, you and I disagree on Georgia, but the consensus you would agree is Georgia's the number two team in the nation. It's Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. And, and I know you disagree, but that's that's kind of the consensus. If, I if Alabama, Ohio State was the consensus one and two. I was just saying And SEC. then it drops. Just SEC. So, and the country. No. Did I say country? SEC. Yes. So, Alabama, Georgia, and the SEC, most people would say, are the one and two. And then, really, when it comes to Tennessee, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU, mm, I'm going to stop it there. So, those teams right there are just kind of in a jumble. To me, that's the second tier. The next tier drops at South Carolina, Mississippi State, now, I would have Florida in the second tier. They don't. Um, but And then the last tier, I would have the lowest tier would be Vanderbilt, Auburn, Mizzou, and uh, that'd be it. That'd be the three teams. So, again, click on that subscribe. And, sorry, click on that subscribe and like button, and uh, we'll be a part of your day. But that's those are our thoughts on the top of the SEC. Go ahead, Amanda. So, Ole Miss, you'd have them in the second tier? Gosh, you could probably talk me out of it. I mean, um, it's a, it's a total coin flip. I don't know what these transfers are going to do. I mean, I would not have them in the second tier. I, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, they're replacing Matt Corral. Um, typically, even at Florida Atlantic, if you remember, Lane Kiffin's second season didn't go well. I think they were. I think they only won five or six games after kind of being the cat's meow the year before. But, yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I, I, I think 
if you pick one team out of this group that is the ultimate coin flip, wouldn't it be Ole Miss? Coin flip? Yeah. That, that could be good. Okay, if all, if all those transfers, even though you don't like them in the second tier, if all those transfers were to come through and be standout players and standout individuals, which is a monster if, okay, then they could be good. If half of them uh, are good and the other half are not good, then you're talking about a middle-of-the-pack SEC program. Um, if they, If none of them come through, you're talking about lowest tier. I mean, you're, you're talking about a potential blow up with a new quarterback. All that potential is there in the locker room. So that could be absolutely either end of the spectrum, in my mind, at least. You? You think, you, you feel pretty certain you're ready to throw the dirt on them, right? Ole Miss? Yes. Yeah. I just I don't see Lane Kiffin being able to and and maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't see Lane Kiffin being able to take a bunch of different transfers, mesh them all together in a matter of months and get them on the football field playing as a team to go up against people in the SEC. I just don't see it. JL saying Tennessee at three happens if the offense is crisper. I believe it will be and cleaner than last year and the defense shows improvement. How could they not? Uh, but it specifically, he pointed out tackling and pass rushing. I think they'll be good at pass rushing. I do think this is a defense, and this rubs people totally the wrong way. But do you remember those John Chavis defense that were so talented? I th- I think you're going to see this defense, and it, it's not an all or nothing thing, Amanda, but you can lean towards stripping the ball, trying to create turnovers a little more than fundamental square-up tackling. And there's room for both. And I think that you're going to see Tennessee try to turn the ball over a lot. So there are going to be some missed tackles. But the theory is you grow into a defense that has 11 guys and you're able to hit people and try to dislodge the football. But there's somebody else right there behind you to make the tackle. So if you miss the tackle, they may... so the thing that's the theory. Then the way it's worked at Alabama, the way it worked at Tennessee in the 90s. I mean, if Raynock Thompson missed you, uh, Eric Westmoreland was going to be right there. So Al Wilson was going to be right behind him. But I don't know that Tennessee's there yet. So I don't know exactly how they handled that. Uh, Joe said, I want to see Knoxville and Amanda's scenario and just see this place buzzing if a prediction comes true. I can't even imagine. I bet this might be a good question to put in your back pocket for next week. Would you rather beat Georgia or not beat Georgia if uh, it meant losing to would you rather beat Georgia and lose to Florida and LSU? No, or can't compare two teams. It's two games. It's the record. No, that's, yeah, no. Can we just rewind? Pretend I never said that. Uh, uh, Joe saying Zul beer would be electric. Certainly would. Zul beer, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. And it's delicious. Worldwide award winning beer. And they are always right there downtown panoramic view and they've got beer ice cream for the kids amanda i'm joking no it's not, stop that it's not, kids. it's not for the kids don't even no there there's no ice cream for children there's no ice cream. there's not you're not even allowed to bring in ice cream from elsewhere no 
you can bring in ice cream from, from elsewhere. Cream. They don't care. Okay. No, but do not order your the ice cream for your children. It has alcohol in it. Please hey, don't. Did your parents ever do this? Did they, um, like, no. they, okay, you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. I do know what you're going to say. No. Uh, buy food from one restaurant and go into another restaurant and eat it. That used to drive me crazy. Two minutes. We're going to be joined by a very special guest, John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Stay tuned. But I do want to be sure that you are aware of Craft Treats. Go to Craft Treats. Because Craft Treats will hook you up with the type of CBD that will help your pet. I'm just going to leave it at that. Simple as that. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's arthritis, we have even thought about funneling some of the Craft Treats with the CBD in it towards John Adams. So we might do that. We'll talk to him about that because he has a list of maladies. But he will join us next. Stay tuned more after this. She's Amanda LaFrada. No, when you get old like us, we, we both have maladies. John Adams up next. Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. And it is time for the Vol Report with uh, John Adams, who, John, I'm going to have to get you to uh, adjust a little bit as we're doing our first three-screen move. So that is uh, working somewhat well. We're not going to do our first three-screen move. How about that? So we're just going to shift to the old usual. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Dave. I'm uh, concerned about my options. I appreciate that. Well, I'm looking out for you. 
Um, that's that's my biggest concern, John. Um, John's appearance brought to you by Biles Automotive Group right there on the heart of Callahan. And they want to be your destination for vehicles. And why? Because they have great integrity. They have great service. They also have a great selection. So Biles Automotive Group. All right, uh, John Adams, we got football uh, going on this weekend. It's week zero, which uh, it's always a great way to sell it is to promote something at something zero. Like if, if, if like I did zero.com, boy, I bet that really get, gets people riled up. Your thoughts on week zero, the moniker. <laughs> well, I do remember that former Tennessee coach Derek Dooley made a big deal about his first season. Five year zeros. Three seven loss seasons, so and that was the end of Derek Gilliera. Um, I do think it's appropriate that if you're going to have a week zero, that Vanderbilt is involved. Vanderbilt, of course, is playing. John, let me ask you. Playing an... John, let me ask you to this: If you can reconnect, we're having some trouble with your microphone. So if you can reconnect with us, and we'll get, we'll get you right back on. It does seem appropriate. Amanda, that a week zero includes Vanderbilt because they are the kind of the ultimate zeros. Yeah, I mean it's it's rough. I'm not gonna lie. I just oof Vanderbilt Hawaii. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the game, but it's gonna be it's not gonna be great football. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's not. And then you have Northwestern with the Irish helmets. Is they're gonna play? In Ireland, um, did you see that? Is it Northwestern? I thought it was Nebraska. Or are they are they both over there? Uh, yeah, but I think that last I heard, they're both is over. It, is it Northwestern Nebraska? Is that the game? Yes. Okay, just didn't know it was two teams, same conference. That's that's cool. Um, that is Nebraska's. Cool. If Nebraska's in, looks like. So apparently over over in Ireland, you have to put an N on your car for novice if you're like a, a new driver and the N is red and it looks just like Nebraska's N. So they were like, everyone's going to go over to Ireland and see all of these N's on these people's cars and they're going to think that they're all Nebraska's fans, but they're actually just novice. That's what it means. New driver. Let's bring John in here. John, did you know that there was a novice label for drivers in Ireland? Yeah, I was in Ireland for a couple of weeks, but I knew that. I think it should be uh, for Nebraska fans because Nebraska is very far removed from his football dynasty of many years ago. So, so sure, they, they appreciate the support from the Ireland. Irish people over there. <laughs> right. As they go boost. They go from pub to stadium. John should ultimately instead of an N for novice, should just have a W for woman. <laughs> no, I think it's no, I think what they need, I think the N should stand for nevermore. Nevermore. Never more for Nebraska. Yeah, it's the, the the glory days of Nebraska are long gone, and I don't see them coming back. 
I don't either. We're talking about the the actual N on the cars for novice, and I I had a joke there that I, Amanda I don't think was too. Um, I'm gonna get you a D and an A for your car. <laughs> so unlike women, what will the D A stand for, John? The what? D A will be on my car. I think it. I think it starts with dumb. I uh, know. Don't put yourself down, Dave. Uh, let's no, it does. See. No, it does. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Gosh. Uh... Yeah, it's rough, John. Uh, it's uh, either you making fun of me or Amanda. But college football is here. Uh, your thoughts on the way the the whole season started and with this week zero and the fact that it is finally here. And, and I know Alabama and Georgia are probably Amanda disagrees. We talked about that before you came on, but are probably the known commodities. But after that, I mean, there's a lot of good storylines in the sec this year. Yeah. What's interesting about this sec season, I think at least from a preseason vantage point is, uh, once you get past Alabama and Georgia, there's real uncertainty. And you can look at both divisions and and you, you could say, for example, ASA's, uh Kentucky was second in the East. I could easily see in Kentucky being fifth in the East uh, at the finish line. Uh, in the West, there's just a lot of possibilities. Uh, you've got Arkansas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, even Mississippi State. I just think it's going to be really scrabble below Alabama and Georgia. I don't think any team is is beating those teams out for the division. Which team are you most intrigued with? And I know Amanda wants to jump in, in on this, but which which team is most intriguing? Is it LSU and Brian Kelly, who can actually coach and isn't going to be chasing 18-year-old co-eds like at Orgeron? Is it Lane Kiffin? who can coach and is not going to be chasing 18 year olds co-eds like Wayne Kiffin. Uh, or, I mean, or is it Tennessee who has an exciting offense? What's, what's the best storyline in your mind? Uh, I kind of like, uh, I would say of two come to mind quickly. You mentioned, uh, Ole Miss. I think it would be very significant if Kiffin can have back to back seasons kind of success he had last season, if he could repeat it, end up in a, a New Year's Day type bowl, um, that would be a really good sign for Ole Miss and a good sign that what he's doing is working. And then you can transfer your way up the SEC standings, which is what he did last year by reviving a, an awful defense. And he's tried to do the same thing, uh, rejuvenated the offense as well. Defense. He's added some player defense, so I'm really interested to see if he can. Maybe he'll stay there. It's not his track record. Uh, the other one is Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M got a lot of attention because of its uh, number one rank for green class, um, and I think some of those freshmen will help initially. They will help immediately. Um, but A&M kind of has to do something. It, it's it falling short. I mean, Jimbo Fisher, for what he's getting paid, he's he's making he, – he hasn't done really that much more than Kevin Sumlin did. 
And I think the patience of Aggies fans is going to will begin to wane if he doesn't have more success this year. Well, Kevin Sumlin, there was a lock higher, I thought at the time. Uh, Amanda, I want you to jump in here. Again, though, I do want to be sure to remind you that uh, Pedigo Chattanooga is a great place to go in terms of your e-bikes. Why? Because Pedigo Chattanooga has the best bikes and the best service. If you just order online at some e-commerce shop, you're not going to be as happy. And if something does go wrong, then you're not going to have the service department. Amanda LaFrada? So my question is on Georgia. I know a lot of people are high on Georgia. Is it just because of the talent that they have? Or, I mean, what, what's the reason? Because we know their quarterback isn't that great. If, if we're being honest, Stetson Bennett is not a great quarterback. He, he is a game manager. He's decent. I mean, he can he not turn the ball over a bunch of times. But we know they're completely rebuilding their defense, or at least their starters are, are gone. So what is it about Georgia that people are so high on? Well, I, I think it has to do with uh, Kirby Smart's recruiting. He's recruiting at an Alabama-like level. And if he can do that, done in the past. A lot of guys in the NFL in place, and with more guys who are NFL-bound. For example, they've, they've had some key losses the last two years at linebacker, but there's a, a guy, Jamar Dumas-Johnson, uh, who probably can be their next star linebacker. He hasn't really played that much before. I think Georgia's secondary could end up being better this year than it was last year. Uh, Jalen Carter, to be in defensive line, best defensive lineman maybe in the country, was better than Jordan Davis last year. So I think they'd be fine on their defensive front. I think they still could have the best defense in the SEC. I'm not as down on Stetson Bennett as you are, Amanda. I I kind of had the same take on him and Nick, but as I've seen him, I don't really think him so much as a game manager anymore. Uh, for one thing, more prone to mistakes, game managers, but I also do he, he, he can really run. I think his speed is underestimated and he, he can make plays with his leg at legs. And I also think he's improved significantly as a throwing the deep ball. We saw that in the national championship game. So I, you still have to wonder, going down the stretch in a fourth quarter of a close game, if Georgia has that many close games, if he will be able to make plays uh, to overcome whatever mistakes he does make. And so that will be interesting. But I've kind of come around on Stetson Bennett. Uh, he's better, much better than I thought he would be. Well, let me bring you back around. He's a big stiff. Well, he, yeah, uh, the big stiff Alabama last year in the national championship. Uh, that that is fair. The big stiff. Did that. So, what do you what do you think about Tennessee? Your your thoughts and just what the balls might be able to do this year. Um, you know, this year two jump. Everybody's expecting a significant one. With that comes pressure, but Tennessee, they're deeper than they were last year. I think we would all agree there. 
Um, I wonder about their receiving core. I think Brew McCoy's eligibility is is a big factor with Tennessee because he's a he's a big strong receiver that can run pretty well. Um, and I think teams uh, the best teams that have at least Alabama and Georgia have the kind of defensive backs that can jam Tennessee players at the line of scrimmage, and that's a good way to to have success against Tennessee's offense. But uh, overall, I just like Tennessee to build on what did last year with uh, eight starters returning on an offense that averaged 39.3 points a game. Um, I think points a game and be one of the top five scoring teams in the country. And it's defensive shortcomings. They have those, certainly. I just think they'll be able to outscore pretty most of the teams on, on, uh, on their schedule. John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel on the USA Today Network. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble with John's connection, but I think we can uh, get through here. We were going to play some message board bingo. And I, I talked to John last night, and I didn't want to oversell it, but I did tell him that it was the greatest radio bit in the history of man and that it was created by Amanda LaFrada, who absolutely blew it out of the water. Have I come up with today's tough question? Yes. But that was 20 years ago. Amanda's the new wave, John. Amanda's bringing us message board bingo. Best of three, first to three, whatever the case may be, wins message board bingo. It's now. All right. So number one, did anyone catch that when the reporter asked about if he named a starter? I think he knows that we know that he knows, and that's a good thing. So the message board poster is saying, I think we know what he knows that he named a starter. Now, I think he knows that we know that he knows. And that's a good thing. John, you want to go first on this one? Um, no, I'll pass. You can go first. <laughs> <laughs> Clemson. Not Clemson. John, what message board poster said that? Um, I will say um, Ole Miss. It is Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Zero to zero, round two. All right. So here's the latest information I've been able to gather. National media is starting to pick up on what I've been sharing since last summer. Moves by Fox Big Ten may result in ESPN deciding that the ACC's no longer serves its business model. SEC games on all three major time slots in 2024, noon, 3.38, all on ABC. SEC going to at least nine conference games, which ESPN will pay extra for. Texas and OU will likely be joining the SEC early in conjunction with a new Big 12 compromise deal currently being worked on. ACC will be resolved within 12 months. Big 12 currently appears to be leading the leading frontrunner for the best of the rest conference. Big 10 and SEC very likely to announce expansion to 20 in the next year. All gas, no breaks over the next two years. Buckle up. John Adams. I have no idea that's about. <laughs> it's an ACC school. None. It's an ACC school. Hint, hint. 
ACC. Joe goes, I heard half of it. Joe, Joe said Clemson. It's because I have to get you a hard line dropped into your office. Uh, Joe said Clemson. Uh, is that correct, Amanda? No. John, give me an ACC school. Uh, NC State. NC State. No. No, it is not NC State. <laughs> Who is no. it, Amanda? It's Florida State. It's Florida State. Okay. All right. Uh, round three, message board bingo. Here we go. They're long. All right. I think KU's attractiveness to the SEC is hurt by two things not in your control. Wait, wait, Missouri wait. Missouri has... Wait, wait, wait. KU's attractiveness? Yes. Kansas? Yep, yep, yep. yep. When... <laughs> go with it. Just go when... with it. I'm not sure when they were attractive. Go ahead. Just go with it. Missouri has not been good. A cultural fit. It still seems weird that they're in the SEC and they haven't blended it well. Beyond football, the baseball team is non-competitive and even the basketball program has been mostly bad since they joined. Kansas is unfairly, I think, viewed as as a potentially similar cultural outcast. Number two, Vandy's total inability, unwillingness to compete or invest in football reflects poorly on the whole league, their stadium is really bad and nobody goes to the game, so it looks bad on TV. Again, it may be unfair, but people associate Kansas football with similar issues. It's not unfair. Kansas has a lot of issues in football. I mean, they might just want to disband the whole program, start a second. Hey, what that wouldn't be a bad idea, John, if they just started the second basketball program. Yeah, to have the have yeah Kansas play basketball in the football yeah. stadium. Yeah, have Kansas and then Kansas too, so that you have two teams, and you probably make the you probably make the NCAA tournament with both teams because the money you could pay them because you've disbanded the football program and you've taken that booster money and you've shifted it to Jayhawks Part Two. All right, we are off well, the topic here. Well, I so, tell you what, if if Kansas if Kansas wants to revive its football program, somebody hundred pounds overweight, because that's the last time it had any success in football. Very true. Good old Eric Mangini. Ooh, gaw, gaw, gaw. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, <laughs> John got it. Uh, Amanda, so uh, give us a little hint on this one because I'm wanting to say Oklahoma. Okay, um, it's it's not somebody in the SEC. It's not in the SEC, John. Or the Big Ten. Or the Big Ten, John. Okay. Okay, let's go with um, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That's not, who is it, Amanda? It's Kansas. <laughs> what? That what? is in many ways embarrassing. Because if... It's Kansas. Who else talks about Kansas but Kansas? Nobody. They, uh, exactly. Dakota saying, uh, bad idea, Dave. I was joking about the Kansas thing. So, John, we will talk to you next week. We'll get your final prediction. But 
we did have the Saturday down south list, the power rankings. The Tennessee was number three. There were a couple of surprises on there. Why? Because they want us to talk about it. But right now, just off the top of your head, who are the top five teams in the SEC? Uh, go with, of course, Alabama and Georgia right off the top. But then probably go to team could be any one of a number of teams. Ole Miss could be in there. I think Tennessee will be the second team in the East, so I would put D up there. All right. We will talk to you next week, John. Have a great weekend. <clears throat> what time is that Vanderbilt game? I don't know. It's in Hawaii. Uh, it's no not late enough. I, I'd like to see it kick off about 3 a.m. Eastern time. So it doesn't mess you up know. your television. So it doesn't mess up your television <laughs> at all. I mean, it's the only thing that game should be competing against is uh, infomercials, <laughs> like the sleep pillow. So they're playing in a two thousand seat stadium. <laughs> the other stadium was condemned. I bet it won't be filled. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think I think June Vanderbilt Jones did it right after. Can... Vanderbilt travels uh, well. You can can bring in seven or eight people. <laughs> seven or eight. John breaking so up. I, rough. I'm having a hard line dropped in his office this week. I apologize for the connection. Thank you, John Adams. Great stuff. The Knoxville News Sentinel. Follow him on the uh, USA Today Network. And uh, as good a writer as there is in the biz. The... Uh, how many people do you think? What's the over-under? Because Amanda's our gambling specialist. The over-under on fans that will travel specifically to watch Vanderbilt play Hawaii. I think you have to... So, There's most Vanderbilt grads are fairly decently well off. True. You have to see where we're where the game is. If it were if it was like in Montana, then I could see. Mm, but it's in Hawaii, so people might say we're going to go down there for the game. In reality, they're just going to Hawaii. Yeah, I try. That's what I was kind of sort of trying to dance around. But I mean, how many people are going for a three or four day weekend just to see the game? Oh, you have to go for longer than three or four days. Yeah, like it's almost awful. Ten hours to get there. Joe says it's Vandy's bowl game to start the season. Man, if we covered Vandy, Joe, I would steal that headline, and that would be the lead headline on tomorrow on OffTheHookSports.com. But thank God we don't cover Vanderbilt. All right, Abanda LaFrada, it is time for this day in sports history. This day in sports history is brought to you by our friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Bassey Lawn and Garden. They've got it all, whether it's Toro, wherever, whatever it might be. They're there for you. That's Bassey Lawn and Garden. So we get to it now. It is this day in sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. All right, what happened on this day in sports history, Amanda LaFrada? Something terrible. 
Oh no. Well, then I'm gonna. If it's bad, bad, then I'm gonna kill the bad because I hate it when people put music beds underneath something bad, bad happening. So, um, what do you got for us? I killed the bed. Today in sports history, politics were introduced into the NFL when San Francisco 49ers Colin Kaepernick kneels in protest during the U.S. National Anthem. Oh, so that was this day. Um, wow. How long? How many years ago has that been? It was in 2016. I don't know if it feels like longer or less, uh, to be real honest. I don't know. But either way, it was just crap. So. Yeah, um, that was that was a weird time. I, I um, my whole thing in that, um, whatever you think about kneeling, um, turned into this. Colin Kaepernick should be playing and has been blackballed by the NFL. And I, listen, you can call it blackballed if you want to, but do you he just want? Sucks. Yeah. Sorry. Do you, do you he want, just is not a good quarterback. Right. Do you want to sign a second string quarterback that is going to bring a circus top environment to your preseason camp? And he would. Uh, for for it, like a totally different reason, it's the Tim Tebow argument. Because the, a lot of attention followed Tim Tebow. There was like a circus top of environment. Now with him is because of his Christian faith, which I'm I'm all about. But do you want a below an average to below average quarterback and the circus when you can go get an average quarterback without the circus? I think that yeah. um, that was lost. I mean, whether or not he was, whether or not he was, there was collusion to not have him get another job, Amanda. I don't know, but he wasn't very good anyway. No, he was bad. He was a he was a bad quarterback. I'm sorry, he he just was. He had one good year, and and that was it. And he was bad. It was very me, 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 me. Everything was about me. Everything was, it was just, it wasn't, I mean, you can't have a quarterback that will, that wears a Fidel Castro shirt walking around. Yeah. I'm sorry. And the one that bothered me were the, the pigs and the socks where he had pigs and police officers hats that he wore to practice. I mean, even, even still like The, the thing about the Fidel Castro thing is that he is notorious for being, you know, a communist leader and being horrible to his own people. It just shows you the ignorance because you're sitting here saying you're standing up for, you know, against brutality and, and for social justice. And then you're, you're wearing a Fidel Castro shirt. Yeah, there was an awful lot of ignorance going on in that whole situation, and that was, it was probably, so stupid. That was probably the prime example of it. But there, there was a lot. There was a lot of ignorance, and uh, yeah, dumb, so, yeah. Dumb, dumb. We will be back with you at eight thirty on Monday, and we look forward to that. Eight thirty a.m. We stream live, and next week, John Adams, Josh Ward will have. Also, Jacob Warren, Cooper Mays, the whole nine yards. We'll have Caleb Calhoun of OffTheHookSports.com, where you can check out Amanda's fantastic work there. And it's game week. So really, Monday will be like Wednesday of game week. Did get the uh, first week, first game week of media availability for Tennessee. It ain't great. There's not a lot of people talking. 
So, um, well, but we can also, you know, look at why USC is a crap program if you want to. It's true, we can, and it's okay, quite frankly, that there's not a lot of people talking because nowadays nobody says anything because 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds are nervous being in front of 50 people at a press conference setting. But I'm not telling UT how to run their business. Have a fantastic day, everyone. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. How would you feel if you were 18 years old? Okay, you're on the football team, but you got to stand in front of 50, 50 people and talk to them. Boom. Best example, quick story. Do you remember Jabril Wilson who played a long time for the Giants? No. He was so they brought him in Juco. He came in first week of January. He was so nervous that I thought he had a, a stuttering problem, honestly. And next time we interviewed him in spring practice after he'd been coached a little bit, he's like one of the best speakers on the team. Like they just threw him out there. Not that I want to be a sports information director. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. And uh yeah, we got fr friends being made. Again, Mavis and uh, JL. Uh, please, your name. Where would you uh, like to be friends? Uh, I'm sure what's going on there. All right. Good luck. Yep. We're just connecting people left, right, and center. More Tinder on Monday. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Walker. <laughs> Never tendered. <laughs> Me neither.